Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the Fusick Podcast. We are, again, excited about our guest today. And I um, wanted to introduce myself as Craig Miller, your co-host, along with TJ McInnes. How you doing, TJ? I'm doing great, Craig. How's everyone doing out there? Uh, doing outstanding. Doing outstanding. Awesome. Just uh, awesome. in a hotel room right now in Chicago. Um, it is bright and early this morning and just uh, getting ready to go see uh, some possible places to live and, and also have a nice dinner with one of the DGAs here tonight. So very well, excited funny. to start, start meeting the team. Is it windy yet? <laughs> Um, I have not been outside yet. I'm afraid nope. of the cold, right. so I'm pretty sure it's already chilly, even though it's August. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Where, where are you thinking about living, Craig? Um, either the north or west side. Apparently, I've had about 700 people tell me the south side might be a little um, less inviting for me to go to. So um, I'm thinking either the west side or the north side is what people are saying. So I Man, have no idea yet, to be honest. That's interesting. Can you fit your boat, boat in there? No, I don't know if the John boat's going to make it to Chicago. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, TJ, I'm, yeah, buddy. I'm interested, and I think all of the listeners out there, the millions of people listening to the Fusick Podcast are interested to hear how the treehouse went with all the boys. Because yes. you were stuck in a treehouse all weekend, right, with a bunch of guys? Yeah, so our, we would say Saturdays for the boys, and uh, it, it was a fantastic time out in the woods uh, no one, uh, no one got ticks on them, which is a plus. As of right now, I don't think I have poison ivy, which is a plus. Uh, everybody made it out. We almost lost a guy. Uh, we were swimming in in, in Kaiser Lake, and uh, he didn't, he couldn't swim, and he put a life jacket on, and the guy just jumped in the water. So, uh, and the life jacket was a lot small, a lot. It was a very small life jacket, and he fell to the bottom. Of, and it's, it's laughable now, but we had to pull them up, and it wasn't too uh, too exciting at that point. But everybody made it out alive, Craig. Uh, keynote: If you don't if you don't know how to swim, just don't think just because you have a life jacket on that that's going to keep you afloat, especially when you're jumping off of a pontoon boat. So, little little key for the listeners. Uh, I mean, but great time. That's, that's so. So he couldn't swim. Yeah. But he jumped into the water. Yes, I, told I think me we can. I think we can relate that to some people starting a business, right? I think we could also. That's, I think at some point you've ever heard of Steve Harvey, the Steve Harvey, uh, yeah, talk jump. about just jump. And I think yeah. that that's a, uh, you know, what's funny about that is we didn't even plan to cue that up, you know. No, we did. And it's so really fun. <laughs> it just kind of worked out because, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. Sometimes when you get experienced and and. Or when you've had some years of experience, sometimes it's harder just to take the jump because you're you're more intelligent about what could happen, and right. you know. And, and I, I always have to kind of convince myself back to just do it. You know, the old Nike saying, "Just do it," or you know, as Heath Oaks and and we always said, "The ignorance on fire." It just sometimes you just got to take that leap, take that leap of faith, and just jump. And and I know that so many people that that's what they've got to get to. And the faster you can get to that, just going all in and not having a backup plan like you said before tj is is what's going to be beneficial to you so that's that's pretty cool that guy just jumped in the water yeah buddy you just gotta let it ride so uh right. before we introduce uh mr Tuigo, uh why don't you craig tell us about uh how did how was vermont oh uh, it was awesome 
It was incredible. Another great colonial trip. Every time you go on one of these things, it makes you want to win the next contest. And um, they never let you down. It's always first class. Uh, had to get spend a lot of time with the the top leadership in the company and spend a lot of time with uh, the team. Um, Katie and I, we went zip lining for the first time ever. Um, it was incredible. So we got a GoPro and hooked it up to us nice. and, and got some really cool footage. And the zip line is the longest one in the United States is what they were really? telling us. And the first one was a mile long. The first zip line was a mile long. So absolutely incredible experience. Um, had a good spa day, some great, great food, um, did a brewery tour. So it was, a. Uh, it was an absolutely outstanding weekend. What a beautiful part of the country. I'd never been up there, but yeah. if you ever get a chance to go to Stowe, Vermont, I would highly recommend it. Very, very neat town. Craig, the last thing here, I believe the listeners are wondering, did the lady think it was worth it? Yes, without awesome. a doubt. Without awesome. a doubt. She, uh, she made that very clear. So, again, I was very thankful that she was able to do that, but I think her teachers yesterday – when she got back, we're definitely giving her a little bit of hell a little bit, but I yep. think it was worth it to her. So yeah, she said that she was, without a doubt, she was glad she went. She made a lot of good friends. Um, everybody seemed to love her, which was, which was you know, expected. And um, so we had a good time. So she made some lifelong friends, I think. And it was funny because everybody was trying to recruit her to come work at Colonial. Ah. So, <laughs> I'm sure. So I'm we'll sure. See. We'll see how awesome. that work out. But anyway, awesome. why don't yeah. you introduce our special guest today? All right, Mr. Twigo, waiting patiently. Uh, Twi- uh, Joel Twigo comes to us from, uh, he was in Gainesville, Florida. He became on a, as a district uh, general agent and has now moved into the TSM position out in Oklahoma and tearing it up. Uh, welcome, Joel. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, guys. It's definitely an honor. How, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great. Um, I'm actually at headquarters. Well, we're not at headquarters just now. Right now we're in the hotel because it's bright and early. But um, get to spend some time with the, the quality people at headquarters. I love it. It's always fun to go to headquarters to me. Awesome. Well, great. Well, because of that, and you, we'll have to leave soon. We wanted to. Uh, we'll, we'll get this party started. Uh, Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, and uh, you know what brought you to Colonial, and and, and why Colonial. Um, I'll be very honest with you. I I wasn't looking, and and some of the stuff that I'll say, TJ knows very well, and he's heard me say it quite a few times, but I wasn't really looking for another carrier. I was already in the business, um, and I was was doing, I say I was doing fine, had a good career, Um, but what brought me to Colonial, truthfully, was TJ's persistency. Uh, They reached out. Uh, We kind of talked back and forth couple LinkedIn's here, a little bit there. Um, TJ just continually followed up, and the more I started to learn about Colonial once we finally met, um, the more it kind of matched with my insides, truthfully. It was how they how, how this company goes to market, uh, how they compensate people, the support, support levels that come with, with building teams, the, and quite honestly, as a, as a culture, I've learned over time that the promise that they make is the one that they keep. So they, they're always, as a company, they always stick to their word, and that, that even goes down to the field force. Um, but definitely was one of the best moves of my life, no doubt about it. Great. So, Joel, tell us about what you got going on at home office this week. So this week, they, we actually have uh, access to a very good training. It's our second round of something called uh, Pathway to Leadership Excellence. And it's basically, if you want to be honest about it, <laughs> It's a way to work on yourself so that you can help others. Yep. Basically get yourself out of the way. <laughs> and, 
And that really means some introspection sometimes. I think the first time that we went um, the home office, we get an email that says, Come, being, come and prepare to be vulnerable. And you had a whole, whole room full of alpha males going, oh, my God, what's, what's about to happen? But, but ultimately, it was very, very good. So I'm looking forward to the class. Uh, have awesome. you learned a lot so far? Yes, absolutely. Definitely learned a lot, ways to improve in dealing with people because that's what we do every day. Yeah. I think that's just so cool. I know that, you know, I've been with Colonial for a little over six years and been very, very fortunate enough to have, you know, the opportunity at Colonial Saul that, one, that I needed leadership development, and I still need a lot of leadership development for sure. Um, but they were able to invest in me and invest in others to be able to go through these programs, which helps so much. So I, I would highly encourage any of the listeners that if you get an opportunity to go through a program that um, that Colonial is invested in to help you out, go through it, go all in, dive in deep to it, challenge it, and, and get something out of it. Because I, I know for a fact that I would not um, be anywhere close to where I am today um, if it wasn't for the development, you know, and the uh, and the investments that Colonial was able to make. And I hope to continue to get to be in a lot of those situations to continue to learn because I know I've still got a long way to go. So excited for you to get to have that opportunity, Joel. You're the man. Yes, sir. Well, speaking of the, the learning, uh, Joel, tell us a little bit, tell us about when your first couldn't happened uh, on the Fusick for the Being Fusick podcast. What was the first time someone told you that you couldn't do something? Well, you know, um, what, I think one of the things that's always attracted me to this podcast is just the, the, the for everyone who said I couldn't, just like this, this fight that goes inside me. Um, where I grew up, I grew up in a small town and, um, in Florida, and, uh, you know, as a child you go, man, this, this is a great life because, you know, you don't, you don't know any better as a child. But I grew up in, a, in an environment, so it really wasn't a first time. It was more of a culture that I grew up in. And in this culture, it was, you couldn't, let's just talk about an organization, and you couldn't outpace the leader. You couldn't be better than other people, even when you were. You couldn't be smarter if you were. You couldn't be, you know, it was kind of the theme of where it was. And of course, you didn't leave. I I grew up in a place where people didn't go to college. Um, It was frowned upon. Uh, You didn't, (laughs) you didn't do anything that took you out of what the organization uh, uh, said that you were to, uh, if that makes any sense to everybody. But basically, um, yeah, I had this, I had a propensity for music. It's something I've loved, loved my entire life. And it's, I remember as a kid, my father would, well, my, my, let me set this, my family, uh, very musically inclined, uh, my mom, my dad, um, we just, at home, we had a culture of music. If you were moving, you know, somebody was on the piano, somebody was playing a guitar, somebody was singing, so, I mean, all, just all the time. And I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and so because of that, we didn't grow up with money, but my father would figure out a way if there was an instrument I wanted to learn to play. And if it was the, the pawn shop special <laughs> that really nobody should buy, <laughs> yeah, that's what he'd get me. And, um, and I, I love him for it every single day because of it, because uh, my parents saw something in me in, in that aspect that um, that they could basically give me access to to learn and assist me in growth in that department. Well, over time, I, I, I uh, there's a lot of things in life that I believe are kind of good at, but I believe if you know something that you're really good at, then you are. <laughs> and um, when it comes to uh, music in a lot of areas, I, I'm very skilled, we'll say that. So hopefully that doesn't sound uh, like any bit of arrogance. It's just I know what I'm good at. 
<clears throat> and um, my mom was the music director in the in the church I grew up in, and that was the culture in the, that I was talking about. And um, I never could, even though things weren't working well musically, and they weren't, you know, it, it wasn't right. And I don't mean morally and ethically, I mean musically. Um, I could never be the one to fix it because I was her son, and and she didn't want any pressure. She didn't want to. She didn't want to put me in front of everybody as you know that example. And so. My mom, to be clear, my mother, I love that woman to death. She was not the problem. Um, so over time, basically, as an entire, let me, one other thing I'd like to state about that time in my life, I'm now today looking back, people say, well, Joel, what did you dream about when you were a kid? And the reality is I didn't. What did you dream about being? I, I, I had nothing. Like there was no, I didn't know I was supposed to. You know, I didn't go, hey, I'd like to be an astronaut or you know, I, I have no recollection of even being a baseball player, Craig. You know, none of that whatsoever. So some, I, I feel like with this Fusic movement that you guys have going on here, one of the things is sometimes it's not a person or an item. Sometimes it's where you are. Sometimes it's what you're surrounded by. And, you may, and, and I didn't have any control over it. Um, there are two, I'm going to jump ahead here because there are two key events in my life, and we'll start with the first one that kind of changed everything for me. The first one was my lovely bride, Robin. Um, love her to death. She is uh, she is one of the very first, I'll say, if, if you look through your timeline of your life and you say here are two particular events that kind of started the change of everything, uh, the first one was, was with my wife, and that's when things become about someone other than you. Um, and interestingly enough, when... Uh, it gave me something to fight for. So when things started to, I would say, change for the worse, at least for my situation, as to where I grew up, um, it was time to make a change. We were uh, pregnant with our first son, and um, there were some things that I, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to see what, what I saw um, about myself, you know, as far as my life and the things that I knew and didn't know about life, to be honest. And um, so we actually uh, got out of the situation, which was uh, a challenge in and of itself, um, but we got out of there, and that was also, quite honestly, step number one was my wife. Three years later, we left that scenario of people saying, hey, don't don't get better than people, don't be smarter than people. I started to have success in the business, and we, our, we didn't drive what everybody else drove. We drove something different. It was, it was criticized, just completely um, uh, <laughs> could be demoralizing if you, if you don't have... Right. The strength of will and character. Will is probably more in my case. Um, so when we left, um, we were doing well, and quite honestly, so I think so the listeners can understand the, the I would say, the hugeness of this. I grew up for the first 36 years of my life. I knew, I mean, I knew a lot of people had business outside of where I grew up, but there were about 100 and 20, 130 people that I've known pretty much my whole life that in an instant no longer spoke to me. So everybody that I knew that I, that my whole basis of belief in myself and the validation that I got in doing the right things and the wrong things was completely gone. So my compass was over. So the only thing I had was, I say the only thing, the most important thing uh, was God and my wife. Those are the two two most important factors in, in the progression. And it took about, I'll be honest, the, <laughs> the next two years was a struggle. I mean, I, I really, um, I'd say emotionally, took a, took a dive. Um, now, I didn't realize it until about a year and a half in. I realized that my wife, she married somebody who had all the confidence in the world. 
And I realized that at one point that that's not who she had at that point. So um, I had to do some, some real soul searching. And um, interestingly enough, as I started to get my head right, timing would permit. So I said, number one was my wife. And to be honest, number two was TJ McGinnis. The timing of the calls, even though I was not listening the first time you called me TJ, <laughs> yeah, even, though, even though it was... <laughs> You didn't have to validate that, dude. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but even though I wasn't listening at the point because but you you kept kind of raining on me over time, you know, and it was funny. So, TJ, I don't know if you intended to do this, but your follow ups with me when I wasn't even there, they weren't hounding. They were. Hey, I just like to pick your brain. They're very, very soft touches. Hey, I heard you were move. You mentioned last time you may be moving down to Palm Beach, and did you still move? You know, it was very personal. It was very, very friendly. It wasn't so much business. And I think that's one of the things that caught my attention. So when I saw this Colonial Life opportunity, because at that point I wasn't with Colonial, when I uh, saw the Colonial opportunity, I said, you know, I had been looking at other businesses, quite honestly. I'd looked at buying an insurance agency, um, those type of things. I love business. And um, I just saw what happened, what, what was available with Colonial. And I, I asked myself, you know, what could I learn and what could I leverage? And ultimately, I understood systems. And that's what TJ was telling me about systems, ways to duplicate people, ways to keep the promise that when we, when we promise to bring someone on that we can, you know, help them earn a living when they know absolutely nothing um, as far as zero experience with, with this business and this company. And um, from there, it was, it was uh, <laughs> and we just kind of went up. But I, I, I think uh, the last part of, for everyone who said you couldn't, that, that part of that question for me, um, there's someone who, I love this day, the very last thing that he said to me was, we had a heated, a heated conversation, kind of heartbreaking when you're in rela- relationships that way, but the last thing that was said to me was, Joe, you're just a dreamer. Nothing's ever going to change for you. You're just a dreamer. Good luck with that. And sadly, <laughs> I look back today and I appreciate that comment. Yeah. Very, very much. So it's, it's crazy to me how even the, the rough things in your life, you, I, I am unbelievably grateful for. Because there's no way that the life I have today exists without that struggle, without that pain, without those who tell me that I can't do it but I think I think about the the Fusick movement I just feel like it's it's not always to me it's not always an event it's not always one person saying something it literally I believe we have a uh, uh, a culture I guess in the world of please don't outshine me because I may have to actually look at myself I don't know if that's even an accurate way to put it, but I just feel no, like there's... A great, a, that's a great yeah. way to put it. That's there's so a, accurate. I just feel like there's a whole lot of pressures out there, societal right. pressures. And my story, to be clear, my story may sound a little weird, but I, would, I, would, I believe there are other parallels out there. It may well, be, you know... It's your story, uh, Joel, and, and, the, we, and we've talked about this, and now we're starting to see a lot of trends, Craig, when we're, we're speaking with people. Because this trend right here is is majority of Joel's life was negative. There was a lot of negative people, a lot of people telling him he couldn't do something, or if you're starting to you're starting to excel, then people will try to hold you back. Uh, well, at some point, Joel decided that you know what, 
Uh, that won't define me. I'm not going to surround myself with negativity. Despite all these things that's going against me, I'm going to find a way to make it and make myself feel good. Uh, uh, and meeting your wife was the first person, and now you surrounded yourself with other folks along the way, and and now you're, you it's it's you know as, as in the Bible it says, show me who your five people are, I'll show you what type of person you you will be, who who's closest to you, and that's what you're doing, and that's the beauty of uh, how many po- people we spoke to on this podcast, Craig, who have said. Uh, I surround myself with people who are positive and who, who believe in me, and I also believe in them. And, and it, from that, we grow as a team. Well, without a right? doubt. It's a, prov- it's a proven fact that we've said it before that the five people you surround yourself with the most will directly reflect your attitude, your income, your, your, your mindset on life, your faith, everything, everything, everything that you're about you. The five people you surround yourself with the most is who you'll reflect. I, and you, To that point, I remember um, there was a time in my life where I was the – loud person in the room and it, I was the funny guy but I would just I was extremely critical of people and I would say the things that I'm, I'm holding up my fingers in quotation marks that no, that everyone wanted to say but the reality is I was a jerk <laughs> and the reason that I was a jerk was that's what I was around yeah. I, and there was a day that I said I, I, that's not me I don't, I don't want to be that person but strangely enough when you want to change that it is very difficult because the people you're yes. around will squeeze on tighter and say, man, you you know, I used to hear this. Well, every time you get over around these people, you start acting holier than thou, Joel. You come back down mm-hmm. here in the dumps with us. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I had to make the decision to change it. Had to make the decision to change it. And we, when, we, I, when we, I did people it, people are scared to change. And, and, I, and people get mad at me for saying all they want, yep. but people that are weak are scared yes. to change. Yes, they are. You know what's cool yeah, about that, though? What's cool about that, though, to me is you can be weak now, but you can right. also make a decision to change that. Oh, you without just a gotta, doubt. You just got to jump. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody can jump, do it. Right? You everybody can do it. But at the time, there's been many times in my life and in my career where I was weak. And there'll, and there'll be many more times yes. in the future where yep. I'm weak. Yep. Right? But it's deciding to make that change. And it's deciding to make that change. But a lot of people also, you know, Joel, we talk about the consistency with, with doing that. Something that you're going to have a challenge of moving forward with, you know, now you're a TSM, now you're, you know, doing a lot of big things and, and your, your income's going to go up and, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? You're going to have a challenge within the next two years of not changing some things. And you're going to have a challenge to get oh, tempted to go back towards a different direction because maybe it seems easier for that one day or that one hour. Will you do it that one day? that turns into two days and then you do it for two days it turns into three days well consistency again is what builds momentum and so the more consistent the longer you can stay consistent on the path that you're on the harder it's going to be to change right right but you have to be very very careful and when things start going right and when things start going exceptional for you the one of the hardest things to do is to not change what you're doing and to continue to be, in, you know, continue with the with the uh, activities and the and the behaviors and the mindset that have gotten you there. Now you can always alter it. You can always make it better and be more positive or whatever you need to do. But don't change back. Don't fall into that temptation of, oh well, I've made it now, so I don't have to do these things. No, you have to do more of the things that got you there once you've made right. it. And that's sometimes right. the biggest challenge. Sure. I call it the Rocky Balboa concept, whereas in Rocky one. In Rocky 2, he's hungry, 
he he doesn't have any money. He's living off of eggs. Uh, and then in Rocky three, he becomes he's living in this big house. Uh, he he's starting to take pitches with people. He's he's taking on the celebrity concept, uh, and he and he gets his butt kicked by Mr. T, who is him five years ago, uh, who was hungry, who was out there trying to just scrape it and make it. So uh, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting path. Craig, uh, because in this business, there's a lot of things that in a few years, if you do it correctly, will change, and and you have to remember what you, how you how you made it to this world, uh, and what, remember where you came from. Yeah, you stay grounded. And, and it's tough. I mean, I've, there's things that I've battled myself. We all have. So, uh, great job uh, with your story, Joel. It, it always chokes me up every time I hear it, man. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. I've got I've got a uh, a story, TJ, and. and um, I probably shouldn't tell this, but I'm, I'm going to. Um, I remember when I first became a, a TSM, and this isn't this isn't somebody that I'm close to that said this, but I, and I won't say any names. But I remember we were um, hanging out at the hotel we were at, and I won't even name the hotel we were at. But they started saying, "I can't believe they put us in this crappy hotel," and I'm sitting there going, "Excuse me." You know, like, you know, what do you mean? Like, I thought at the time it was like, you know, the Taj Mahal. I was like, man, we're getting to stay there? Like, that sounds awesome, you know? And then, like, I hear a couple of these these TSMs, like, talking about how they're too good to be staying in this hotel. And um, I, I just sat there, and I never forget thinking, man, you know, you haven't always been that way. And, you know, what got you here wasn't wasn't that attitude. You know, and and the reason why I tell that story is because neither one of those TSMs that were talking that way are, are with us anymore, and they didn't make it. And um, and I just never forget kind of the attitude that can easily change. And I made a commitment that day. I was like, I'm gonna make sure. And I told a lot of people, and I've said this to you, TJ, is that if I ever start acting like that, if I ever start acting like things are, too, I'm too good for things, you know, punch me in the throat because. That's not who I want to be. That's not who I want to be known as. But it is hard sometimes to not have that attitude. Yeah. And, you know, Joel, I love your story because it reminds me, which is hard sometimes because I'm just as guilty of it as anybody, to get grounded, come back, you know, to where you are and where you came from. And, and that's something that's a big challenge for people that are successful. But anybody that is having success, I would highly encourage you to stay humble, even more humble than you've ever been before because the more success you have, the more humble you've got to be. Yeah, I, I think doubt. I think part of that that you're talking about, Craig, and I, I remember for years I would start, you know, I'd hear people and they they use the word humble and I didn't understand it, and then I started trying to figure out, did you know, reading into it, did some you know definition, looking up that kind of stuff, and and grateful kept coming up, and I realized the more thankful I became about where I was, about the good things, about the bad things, about all those things, the, the thankfulness and the gratefulness associated with experiences and all that made me go, I really, really appreciate the successes because, you, you know what I mean? It, it makes you be a little more introspective. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gratitude and humility. So, so Joel, tell me about a time that you failed and it humbled you. Woo! Man. While we're on that subject. <laughs> so, um... 
I used to have a construction business, and that was before insurance. And I, the, short, the short version that I always give is it was great until it wasn't. And so we had a, um, I guess, uh, 2000, end of 2006, beginning of 2007, things started going south. So, you know, I was enjoying my life. You know, fortunately, I was single at the time and uh, lost everything I had. Um, at 32 years old, I was trying to figure out <laughs> what to do with my life because I, I, I found myself, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, um, I've got, I bought this piece of junk fifth wheel. I need to stick it in the back of your property because I don't have a house. Um, and um, there are a lot of things I learned that made you look at, I mean, where I, here's another part where I grew up, the best advice I could get was maybe, you, maybe you're doing something wrong. There was no, like, there wasn't a level of knowledge. They didn't have access to it. Nobody was being mean. They did not know how to help me. It was maybe you're doing something wrong. And the reality is looking back is um, losing everything was one of the best things I could have ever learned because I, it made me go, and I will say today we have some stuff, and I'm calling it stuff for a reason. I realized it was just stuff. Right. The worst thing that could possibly happen to you was not as bad as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And so to me that was one of the most impactful ones because it kind of gave me a, I, I saw the bottom so I could swing for the fences. Like I didn't have, I didn't have anything to lose, and, and I kind of held on to that through life, but through the, the since then, um, because man, losing everything, I'm, I'm certain that there are people who are listening to me right now going, oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> or I'm in that right now. Or I've I'm in it right everything. now. And, and the fear. And, and now what do I got to do to get back? To well, the most amazing up? thing is that I, I think about now is I wouldn't take that from me for anything. Yeah. Like as scary as it was, I, 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 I'm happy I went through it because of what I learned. And if there are people going through that right now, the thing I would say is it's a very emotional time. It's tough to do, tough to get through because you got bill collectors calling you. Had one guy call. He said, Joel, you can, uh, why don't you ask your family? And I'm, you know, ask your family for money. <laughs> and I, I was quick on my feet. So I told him, like, hey, man, I talk to you more than I talk to my family. So can you give me a loan? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but it is scary when people are calling yeah. you. And you know why they're calling you. There's this emotional response. But if you just, there's a way. And it's not a quick fix. But if you, if you find something and you just believe that you can get out of it and you, take, you just work your tail off, you, you can do it. But when you come out, man... I learned so, so much from that, so much. Yeah. That was the, the biggest learning part, I would say. That's great. And, and, and I know uh, we want to be uh, courteous, uh, Joel, uh, to make sure that you're with uh, Jennifer Davis soon. A little shout-out to Jennifer Davis. Hey, James. Um, J.D. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll tie this up here very quickly. Um, but one, one last question I have for you. Is there, there are a lot of people who, who would like to get into the TSM role. And our job as leaders is to develop DGAs to be TSMs or ADMs or ASRs who want to lead uh, the company in certain territories across the country. What advice would you give them uh, for people who want to be a TSM, your newly TSM? And what was a few things that you realized uh, is different in, or from the role currently what you're in? Very, very good question. So the first thing that comes to mind about how to get from A to Z, basically, as you're putting it, is uh, follow the recipe. 
You know, I always say if if uh, you had a Betty Crocker box and you follow the instructions on the back, Betty. But, you, but you change one thing, shout out to Betty, but you change one thing, it's no longer <laughs> Betty's, Betty Crocker's recipe, and the thing that you paid for, the thing that you purchased is not what you get. Right. So so when when if someone's saying, I want to move up through the ranks with this company, what is it that you need to do consistently over and over? The same things. Don't get creative. Just follow the system. And cool thing is, you know, there are, there are a few different ways that work, but all of them within the company are consistent. The ones that are winning are doing, you know, they're, they're building out teams. So DGA, I mean, quite honestly, for the, the colonial folks, what is the company asking you to do per your contract? And then what systems support it? And quite honestly, I, I had a very good mentor, TJ McGinnis, shout out, whoop, whoop, <laughs> um, that, that um, kind of held me accountable to that stuff. That's honestly, I believe, why I've been able to achieve and had the opportunities that are available with this company is because of that consistency. Could, could not what, agree what was, more. What was the second part of your question, TJ? Uh, has there has this role been everything anything different from what you expected it to be? <laughs> That's a great question because I remember when you and I talked about it, you're saying, "Okay, it's going to be a little different," and and that is very very true. I would say the largest difference is it's it's um, one of the most challenging things to get used to is that as a district general agent, you're kind of boots on the ground. If something changes, you 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 need to go help somebody. And you can still do that in the TSM role, but like get out in the field, like you can watch the changes happen quickly. Um, the biggest thing I see as a TSM is that it is more about, at least so far, I mean, I've been doing this nine weeks, but there's a lot of learning happens in nine weeks. <laughs> right. but, but consistent messaging, making sure that, that um, you know, that you've got, honestly, our, our, our team of people from the home office, so our core team, some people don't know what that is, but the, the territory office people, they have to be on the same page. The big difference to me is, is messaging, uh, developing trust, you know, because people don't, you know, they don't know who you are when you come in there. They don't know. You're just some cat that showed up from another state. Um, but I think, the, I think one of the um, other things is, is really just making sure that your vision is clear. And I've, have to, I've had to force myself to look farther down the road than I ever have. You yeah. know, it's, it's usually six months, a year, year and a half out. The vision is way, way further than that as far as focus goes. So I would say that's, that's probably the largest change, though. And those are, that's good. Craig Miller does a great job of, of, of that. And, Craig, I've learned a lot from you from, from the vision that you've put forth with your territories and, and, and the – Consistency. You're big on saying the word consistency, having consistent messaging, consistent this, consistent that, um, and I would agree with you. I think those are keys to making it. Could, could not agree more, Joel. You, you nailed. You nuked it, buddy. That was a nuker. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. That was awesome, buddy. Well, hey, go get after it. Uh, tell Mr. Luther and, and Josh and everybody that we said hello. I know that y'all are in a, in a class up there with those guys, and, and um, I know you're going to learn a lot. Go up there and challenge it and learn, and, and don't be afraid to say. This is one of those situations to where, Joel, I would encourage you to, to, to participate and 
you know, don't be a jerk, but don't be afraid to say anything that maybe comes to your mind about a question because yeah. if you don't, somebody probably else, somebody in the room is probably thinking the same question you are, and it helps the group when someone's able to ask that and then there's group interaction. So um, highly encourage you to be, be a participant during those things because it helps out everybody. You're all heart, Joel. All heart, buddy. Keep on, it, keep buddy. on, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. I really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your podcast. Uh, you guys are um, blazing a trail, and I think this is yeah. it's an important message for you guys to get out there. You guys are just the conduit, I know. But um, last thing I'll say is, uh, for those of you listening and those of you who know T.J. McGinnis, he won't take credit for anything, but there's a lot oh, of credit... There, you know what I mean, brother. <laughs> but this is a man that, that um, the reason that I'm here today is because someone cared about me and believed in me in ways I didn't think was possible for myself. Um, and that's T.J. McGinnis. So, Thank you. Thank you. Love that's you, right. That is T.J. Love it. I love you, buddy. Gentlemen, thank you so much have, again. Have a good one, Joel. Make See it a great right. day. See you, buddy. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye. He's, he's all hard, isn't he, Craig? That is all hard right there. I'll tell you, when, you know, the first time I heard Joel speak um, in person, the thing that kept coming to my mind was I would work for that guy. All day. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. that's, that's honestly, and I don't think people think about that enough when they're doing interviews or they're recruiting, but you've got to ask yourself the question. Mm-hmm. Would you work for that person? And would you get up in the morning without having to punch a clock somebody wasn't paying you an hourly wage or a salary, and would you show up to satisfy and to work for that person? And yep. Joel Tawigo is one of those people that I know for a fact I could wake up every morning and look forward to working for. And I'll tell you, that was part of the reason why I kept following up with the guy was because there was something special about him, and I wanted to, I wanted to get, find out more. Yep. You know, and I think there's, there's reasons why you interview someone and you may follow up with them, but you stop following up with them. Sometimes it's not just because they fell through the cracks. Sometimes something, you know, inside of you is saying, you know what, this, this is, this, something's not a fit here. We're going to move, yep. we're going to, we're going to cut the cord and, and go on moving forward. Uh, but I'll tell you that, you know, here's one thing, uh, a couple things I'll add, but Leadership, Craig, is extremely difficult, uh, and there's a reason why there's only a few agency builders out there, and there's a lot of variables on why it's difficult, but I truly believe one of the main reasons is it's hard to lead because you live through uh, the struggles. Uh, if, you're, if you're a leader who cares about their people, you live through their struggles, and in time you living through their struggles, you're bringing up old wounds and you're muddying the water of inside your stomach and inside your body of all your old wounds that you, brought, you went through when you started in this business. So every time that I hear uh, Craig or, or someone that I'm close to tell their story, or I mean Craig and yourself, Joel uh, and others, it brings up my times when I was, you know, on a futon and couldn't have money and light bills haven't... Uh, credit card companies calling me, asking me to file bankruptcy, and all these different things that happened, and those are that's tough to that's tough to deal with. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes as leaders, we try to uh, try to find the quick fix, and the, the, it's there's no quick fix in developing a district. When you are bringing on a new district, you have to go through the, all those hard times with them, 
and you have yep. to go through it all over and over again. While you're going through it with them, you're going through it yourself internally. And a lot of times people push away from that because they, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, that's why I believe it's, it's tough business. So, no, could not uh, agree more. Could not agree more. And that's, you know, I sit here and I self-reflect as, you know, making the transition to the Northwest and to, you know, the Wisconsin and Illinois and Missouri Territory. And, you know, I've, my mindset now has got to change back to starting from, you know, more of a, not starting from scratch, but more of a, you know, hey, it's time to build this thing again. You know, and Rock, you get Rocky Balboa season, uh, Rocky Balboa one and two. That's mindset. right. That's, yep. that's exactly right. So, um, love, love Joel Toigo, love colonial. I mean, it just is another example of how colonial life and the people within colonial life and the culture within colonial life mm-hmm. has changed the life for the better. Yep. And to me, that's as good as it gets. And I know I'll call you out again on this one because as selfless as you are and as selfless as I try to be, when someone says that, you're part of the reason or, or you had an influence on them changing their life and their family's life, man, it feels good, doesn't it? It does, and it, ma- it breaks me down a little bit. It makes it me, feels uh, dang good. It reminds it you why you wake little, up at yep. 530 in the morning to do a podcast you know, or, or yep. whatever. To, I mean, it, it reminds you why you do those extra things. And I would encourage the leaders out there to when they're struggling or they're feeling lazy or they're feeling down to remember that somebody else needs you. And people will always do good people, excuse me, good people will always do more for others than they will for themselves when it comes down to it. Right. And so if that's true, which I believe a hundred percent it is, and you're a good person, you've got to consistently remind yourself of why you're doing the things that you're doing. And you've got to consistently remind yourself that there's people out there that need you in a leadership role and, and and you've got to go back to work and you got to get that extra little hour in, that extra drop, that extra phone call, that extra interview, whatever it is, you've got to go do it because somebody out there will benefit from it. And then when you get the reward of being able to help see someone change their life, there is no greater feeling that is servant leadership at its finest. So there, there is. And, and I, and I, uh, I believe you said this, Craig, so I can't take credit for this. Um, uh, you mentioned that when you're down or you're having a hard day or you're, you're, you're being negative, to pick up the phone and call somebody uh, and help someone out because that will, that will build you up again. Take that extra step and help somebody out. Stop look, worrying about yourself and help someone out. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, well, this is, well, this is a great podcast yeah buddy absolutely humbling one for sure this might call this the humbling podcast which was yeah you know, what it's what it should be so um guys if you're listening please go to fusic.us check out our gear check out the stuff you know like we talked about before when i put that fusic shirt on it makes me feel like i you know i'm out there to help somebody to help change something i actually had a flight attendant ask me what it meant and he wrote it <laughs> down and everything on the plane the other day so that was pretty cool but um, you know, check out our, our Facebook, Fusic, Instagram, Fusic. Um, if you have stories, if you have questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, email us at fusic.us at gmail.com. Um, if you have a story that you would like us to put on our website, you know, a, a Fusic story, and maybe we can get you on the podcast, please email us your story at fusic.us at gmail. Um, my name is Craig Miller. I appreciate you guys' time. Love y'all. Um, TJ, where can they find you at? They can find me Instagram, Craig uh, McGinnis516, 
Facebook, LinkedIn, along with on, on the Fusic uh, pages. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you. Humility and gratitude throughout. Uh, and uh, till next time. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.